Welcome back to the Lady Girl Podcast. We're your Lady Girls. This is Season 1, Episode 11 of the Lady Girl Podcast. Hi, Cassie. How you doing? I'm good. Our intro was kind of weird, but it works, I guess. What? Was that weird? It wasn't the same one. How is it different? You're like, hi, everyone. We're your Lady Girls. And you go, I'm Courtney. And I go, I'm Cassie. And we're so glad you're here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck, if you're starting over. No, we'll just keep going. <laughs> we'll just keep going. There you go. We didn't give you guys a video this week, but you just, you just, you got authentic, true, real us. All right, listeners, I got, <laughs> we're on the struggle bus this week, okay? I am currently laying in my bed. The audio is through my AirPods. Unclear if it's going to come out well, but, you know... Um, it's been a long few days. I had graduation and my parents were in town and I've been doing so many activities and there's two people staying in my apartment right now and they're both asleep. So we're on the struggle bus. It's just, yeah. 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 But we had to record today because we both have bar prep and it's just we don't have any other time. You know what? We're not going to bring that negativity into this space. Yeah. We're not going to bring it into this space. We're going to keep this. <laughs> this is bar free. Bar free. Yeah. But for today, we're going to just record this podcast. We're going to have a nice little chat and it'll be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cass, tell me about um your week. We have not talked. Like, Cassie and I normally talk like, every day but we have not talked at all because my family's been here um I as you could guess and maybe assume and probably for the next the next 10 weeks my um response to every Cassie how was your week will be I was studying for the bar exam I hit a hundred hours Woo-hoo. yep we can't out of 400 because we said no <laughs> negative energy in this it's negative it's negative I don't have anything else to say that's positive (laughs) other than I did that and I I hit 100 and that's it you want it I want to shout something out that's pretty positive while my parents are here they're wonderful people they went to Trader Joe's for you so I appreciated that but I I got some things that I normally like wouldn't buy myself because it's like extra cost but I like wanted to try so I'm trying the sparkling black tea with peach juice sparkling black tea with peach juice the black tea with peach sounds good the fact that it's fizzy does not sound like it'll be good Okay, it's actually so good. It's only 15 calories per can, and, like, it's so yummy. Trader Joe's never goes wrong with snacks or juices or any of it. It's always yeah. right. But anyway, um, this week's episode is all about being a woman, the struggles of being a woman, the pressures of being a woman, the fact that we're just freaking tired of all the bull crap. We're tired all the time. I'm trying to think back to a time when I wasn't tired of just like society. And I'm like, been a while. ourselves. Been well, a basically, this is all inspired because Cassie and I had an experience. <laughs> Cassie had an experience that did end in violence, but. <laughs> yeah. Cassie had an experience that I happened to be on the front floor. And 
we just got real here by like defending our womanhood basically and being like we are smart okay intelligent people okay it started because i felt like this person was disrespecting courtney this was this was so weird because this was about courtney it was, it was about courtney and it didn't make any sense how i got pulled into the chain of conversation it makes absolutely no sense but I was, and I just, he said some things about Courtney, and I didn't think they were respectful. I didn't think they were respectful. And so I fought her honor. I fought for her honor and said, you need to treat her with some respect and speak about her like she is a lady. Yeah, basically it's like a potential love interest. I don't know another way to describe Potential? (laughs) Potential? Was, was, was. Was. Um, but uh, we've had a lot of negative experiences, yeah. Courtney's dating experiences lately have just been on the negative, so I don't know. I'm trying to chill. I think that would, I think that would be best. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough. I was for the listeners if you listen to our dating is a weird episode, I was in this really good place with this one guy, it was like going really well. We were, like, essentially dating, going on consistent dates, not, like, officially dating or anything, for, like, three, four months, and then he almost disappeared, so that's how my day life's going. <laughs> yeah, don't you love when men just do that? Just and then, as of, um, and then all the people following him have been, uh, not great, and that's who Cassie had an interaction with. <laughs> many interactions with that's the problem is I've done more interactions so basically this boy I'm trying to give context without like giving we talked about him in that episode he was the one that stormed out yeah yeah and he's like circled back into my life and basically he wants to be friends with Cassie in order to like move further with me I guess but it's just like very strange. It's not gonna happen. I'm. I'm. It's not gonna happen. It's just not. He left such a sour taste in my mouth the first experience I had with him. Yeah. That I mean, if you want to be his friend, if you want to hang out with, that's fine. I think that's fair. You know, to each their own. But am I gonna spend time with him and you not be around? Absolutely not. Am I gonna be more than um? more nicer than I have to be yeah yeah I don't know anyway okay enough ranting about men let's go back to being a woman (laughs) yeah going back to you know what basically we're defending our honor that like women aren't it's not supposed to just be about sex like there's so much more to a woman than what she can provide in the bedroom like while that is all great and we should be like free with our bodies and like do what we want and like more power to you as a woman you also have like a brain and you have a heart and you have all these other qualities that are like good and so if a man is only looking at you for one particular thing you gotta stand up for ourselves will you yeah that was I think that was pretty much what it was I think I thought you were being sexualized yeah and it just wasn't one not appropriate conversation to have with her friend Two, don't get mad at me when I tell you that you should speak about her better than that 
So it was, oh, it wasn't good. Was right. That's where it started. We had watched Hidden Figures. Yep. That we were watching. We were watching strong black women take us to the moon. Yep. And it's then, so good. It was so good. And then we watched on the basis of sex. Yep. So we went night. from icon to icon. Yep. And Ruth, I think, I think Ruth really did me in. And that's where yep. the aggression came from. Yeah. You just get so mad at like being mansplained. That's what yeah. people call it. Like just being like, no, you took it wrong. That's not what I said. You feel wrong. Like you're wrong, I'm right, like, blah, 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 when really, like, the guy said something terrible, and you were just, like, defending your breath, and, excuse me? Yeah, it's that, and also being told, like, oh, you're being emotional, or yeah. is it that time of the month? Is that why you're acting like this? Shut oh, the yeah. hell up. Shut up. Shut up. If I want to be a bitch, because I'm literally uncomfortable all the time, like, we're uncomfortable yeah. all the time. And there's nothing we can do about it. I hate that. I hate, like, a lot of guys complain because they're like, oh, uh, you're just overly emotional. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with being emotional. Like, sometimes do I need to get my emotions in check? Sure. Does everyone? Sure. But, like, maybe thinking a little bit more with our emotions would make the world a little bit of a better place men want women to be emotional because like fragile masculinity I think you know if they show the emotion then they're like weak but men are emotional men are so emotional any they are is so fragile, anything will break them. That's why they snap and say that stuff because it didn't take anything to blow their little house of sticks down. I think, okay, I guess we can get into like the actual topics. Um, I know, Kelsey, you have a list, but maybe we start since we've been talking about this with the idea of like people who say they're feminist or, um, or looking for like women empowerment and that kind of thing. People think that they're like man haters. And that's not what we're saying. Like we're not saying we hate men. I love men. I'm attracted to men. I have amazing men in my life and I want great things for them. However, <laughs> I think that women should be equal to men. And that's and what that's what feminism is. That's what feminism is. A lot of people think it's women want to be better or like seen in a better light. But the reason men are seen as like higher up in society is because they're placed on that pedal higher up in society and women just want to be on that same pedestal. We just want to be on the same pedestal. Don't want to be above them or below them. And you can fight in like argue are women better than men you yeah. know we don't need to get into it <laughs> but like there's that there's that thing is like feminism is about equality we don't hate men do we come on here and roll our eyes and get annoyed with men yeah but if yeah. we were talking about women I'm sure we could go on and on too not very I positive, think like but, I mean 
if there were like a woman speaking this way to me too, I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't you, like you know what I mean? Like there's just different, I don't know. And so that's basically what we want to talk about. It's just like our experiences, things we've dealt with and all that kind of stuff. So Kathy, what's the first topic? I think first topic I had was like misogyny experiences. Like what kind of misogynistic experience have you had? I mean, do you want me to go first? Yeah, like there's endless. I don't really know if this was misogyny, but I was the only woman in the room (laughs) and I was victimized for it. So I had my first internship I ever had in law out of law school my first one my one L summer and no one be upset the office was great the office was wonderful I did tell I was not quiet about it I did tell but there was a guy in the office who side note won an award for being the nicest person <clears throat> yeah who did not like me he, I was supposed to be the first person there and he ended up showing up like two weeks early, like the same day. And me and him had a class together and we already butted heads in that class. And so he came to be the person who sat at the next desk. There were five of us in this room. He's at the desk right next to mine. And he just kind of had it out for me the entire summer. He was like, where are you from? I was like, Mississippi. He was like, oh, that's rich. He was like, so which one of your, who in your family paid to have you here? (sighs) And then he went on to be like, oh, you know, you um, don't know if you can like keep up with the pace. Like just didn't think I could keep up with anything. And thankfully this is another thing where it was like he was gross he was awful I did not like him and I told I did I guess I told I told every supervising attorney that I had that when that started my first day they were like are you gonna have any problems with any of the interns and I said that intern and me are gonna have a problem and I know it and we did we had a problem and thankfully all the other men in the office were great amazing if he would say anything about me behind my back my because I had another guy that was also in my same division he's like we don't talk about her like that she does more work than any of you we do not talk about her like that or like that's just rich coming from you you don't do anything all day and she over there she's over there working so hard and you talk about her like this so I had really good women and men in the office and there was another girl in the office and she went to Columbia. So she was like the Ivy League girl was all. And he was mean to her too. He like came up to her one day and was like, oh, you go to Columbia so you think you're better than everybody else. But I'm pretty sure like there's no way you could have gotten in on your own. Like you're just a girl from Vermont. There's no way you would have the brains to get into Columbia. And I mean, we all kind of just like fought with him all the time. And he just thought of himself so highly of like, I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. And 
very vocal about it got called into HR a couple times but um that is one thing like don't be afraid to just be like that's not cool like I would snap back at him in person but also to a point I had to like grin and bear it and just be like he's just gonna be an ass everybody knows he's an ass if he takes it too far where it's starting to affect how I do my work then we'll have like a, I'm going to HR again kind of problem but that was my one of my experiences the only really bad experience where I've ever been like specifically singled out yeah I definitely had that experience um actually in one of my first uh college internships so kind of like same idea but it was my boss and it was like really bizarre like I've never had that happen to me like normally an internship would be you know fine like I don't I don't know like people treat you like an intern but like not weird this guy I worked for this attorney and he was an England shaver and by that we mean yeah when people like get into car accidents and stuff they like um basically just like go after the insurance companies and uh, it's just like whatever and so he it was like him and he had like two other employees in the office like it was super small in Mississippi and I like went to work there because they had like a job posting on our school board thing and um, I was like oh cool like I think I'm interested like in law like this will be a really good experience and I have never been more belittled in my entire life. Like, I, he would sit me at, like, the secretary's desk in the front and, like, consistently make jokes about, like, me being stupid and, like, not being able to, like, keep up with the work and how he even once told me, like, he went to law school with mostly males and it's interesting to see females working in law and how he was, like, the Kaya boy at Ole Miss once he knows women and how women work and he doesn't know if women can be attorneys. And I was like, who the hell is this? Like, he's so terrible. So I literally, and like, there was no, there was no HR. Like, it's him and like two other people in the office. And I was like, I am not doing this. And so he actually, I come, come to find out later on, he kind of had a reputation for being this person because I was talking to my dad about it and stuff. I was like, dad, this is so crazy. Like I'm just experiencing this like man speaking to me this way. And um, my dad started calling around people he knows who are attorneys at other law firms in the area. And they were all like, get her out of there. Like he does not have a good reputation. Like that's not going to look good on her resume. So I quit. I've never quit a job before. I always like, or I've like ended a job if that makes sense. Like when a summer is over or like when a semester is over, if it was an internship or whatever, I've been like, okay, I'm not going to keep working here. But I've never just like in the middle quit a job. I just haven't, except for that experience. I was just like, no, this is horrible. He's like not nice to me. And I know that I should be like treated better than this. So I never put him on my resume. I always kept him off because I didn't even want people to know I worked there for a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was like the worst. Because 
that's so crazy. Like, who cares what my gender is? Like, I was interested in a practice, like, of law. I'm a college student. You should mentor me if you're willing to hire an intern. You shouldn't talk down to me because I'm a woman. And I think it's very interesting, like, being a woman in law. Because I've worked with attorneys who, like, remember when women couldn't be lawyers. Like, they were like, I remember when you couldn't even go to law school. And when I looked at law school, that was something I looked at was the ratio. Because it's in some schools, like even some bigger schools, like the ratio is not good. There are 13%, you know, women. Right. And it's like, that's, that's crazy. And women, women of color is even lower than that. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I think like there's a lot of barriers to certain things and certain careers, like law, medicine, any of your like engineering careers of all of those things, you're going to see lower numbers. And I think oftentimes we like to hear the opposite side of the argument, which is that, (laughs) is that women don't pick those careers. This is what someone tried to argue with me once. (laughs) That women don't pick those careers because women like to be homemakers and are more likely to be teachers and nurses and like stuff like that than being like a mechanical engineer. While those things may be true, it is also due to the fact that we were told that we need to be those things from a young age. Which I think is following pretty well on my list. My next thing was stereotypes and like stereotypes. And I think that's kind of, it's true though. Like I've had people who think of their career and have come to me and they're like, or said to me, I'm, I want to be an engineer and they're a woman. And I'm like, that's amazing. Go do it. But it's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to be hard because you're going to be one of two girls out of 600 men. You know, you're going to look around the room and there's not going to be anybody that looks like you even in the same gender. And so it's, it's a little harder. It's harder to do stuff like that anyway. It is harder to be the only girl in the room. But you have to remember this. And I think it's very, one of my law school professors actually said those are con law professors. He's like, it's an honor to have women in my classroom because he went to law school and went to a law school where you couldn't, go as a woman and he was also like and women there are going to be times when you're here and the law is not going to make you feel comfortable because it's written against you and people are going to say things in here that are very misogynistic but you earned this seat at the table and you deserve to sit at the table and that's the same with any career you go into you want to be an engineer you want to lay a gas line in the ocean oh yeah if you fit the qualifications for the job and there is nothing that requires it to be gender specific then you can lay gas pipes at the bottom of the ocean like you worked hard for that seat at the table sit there yep and if somebody says you can't sit there you just fucking squeeze your chair in (laughs) Use that as the fire and rage you need to prove them wrong. It's like funny because 
I don't know. Like, obviously, we all hope that one day we can get to a point in the world where you're not having to have fire and rage and figure your way in. But, like, I don't think it'll ever go away. You know what? Men listening, why don't you respond to people being nice and asking politely? Okay? There's a reason we gotta have fire and rage. Insecurities. That's another thing is like they're insecure because they see it as a, you usually, I think for them, because for such a long time, women were excluded. Us as millennial women, and even the Gen X, the one before us, are the newer ones with like higher education, the housewife stereotype started to fall out. And men now have women as a threat. There are women competing to be CEOs, CFOs. There are women who own in entirety Fortune 500 companies. You know what, Kathy, one time, ooh, I have this Here's a fire in the rage. This really pissed me off. I have always in my career, so I was raised by a man, I love my father, who very much told me I could do and be whatever I want, right? And I'm so grateful for that. He was always like, are you kidding me? Like, shoot for the moon, right? And um, I think that's where part of my, uh, like, fire, essentially, comes from, is my dad just being like, don't let any man tell you you can't. And so I've always been like, like I got a, a degree in business and I was like, oh, I'll do all this stuff. And now I'm in love, but like going to corporate law. I'm like, these are all very male focused careers. And um, I had a guy once, my very, very close guy friend at the time, um, who we were just like having a conversation. He's like very much into um like the business world and I can't really go deep into it or tell me who they are but um uh I will never forget this I'm sure it's something like they don't even think twice about but I was like oh yeah like do you think I'd be a good CEO like I said that like in conversation he's like I think you'd be like a really good head of the HR department because women put out fires because that's the stereotype secretaries and First of all, there's nothing wrong with being head of HR. Like that's a super amazing and much, much needed area. But excuse me, like what about me makes me not able to be a CEO? And he told me I was too emotional. That's the argument for everything. Why can't a woman be a president? Because she's too emotional. Why can't a woman be this? Because she's too emotional. Like goddamn. Maybe if I thought a little bit more about how huh do they think we sit and cry all the time like what that's what i'm saying and like maybe if i was the ceo and i thought a little bit more about how my actions made other people feel maybe i wouldn't get sued or maybe i wouldn't go to jail for like white collar crime like maybe things would be a little bit fucking better if a woman was in charge true although i think enron (laughs) was on the shoulders of a woman but (laughs) okay there are exceptions there are exceptions to the rule, but we, but no, it is true. A lot of the, a lot of the corruption in the corporate world, because it is predominantly men, is men. And they don't yeah. get slaps on the wrist. They, I mean, they get slaps on the wrist. They don't get in trouble for the things they do. Boys will be boys. It's the expectation. Which I mean, you can go to jail for like insider trading for like a couple years max. 
and still come out like it was millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. yeah. and like be praised Jordan Belfort went to prison for not even two years and he spent it in the cell with Cheech from Cheech and Chong and he still has millions and then got in trouble for tax evasion which they told him he was fine don't even get me started I wrote a paper about about him and how he was a misogynist <laughs> a woman hater I called him, I called him a drunk drug addict who hated women I think like I don't really understand and there are men who are on our side and like that's what we're trying to say like we don't hate men we just don't understand how we have to keep explaining this because it should be obvious that like my gender does not like make me less than you you know yeah and I think I don't know I think it's very interesting because I've met the extremes you know, yeah, not okay. the extremes, but I've I've met, thankfully, more men that believe women can do anything than I have men who believe I can't do it, like I'm supposed to sit at home right. and, you know, have children and clean the house. But the fact that it's not 1962 and I have to explain to a 25-year-old that I am not made to make your home clean and pretty is yeah. crazy. It's there's the elderly are on their way out as sad as it sounds. It's very dark, but the the times with them have changed. And that probably started partially with them or with their children. But it's very, very sad to see people our age who grew up in a world where it's not the norm and it's not expected that you become a housewife, depending on where you live. That's a whole other, right. <laughs> a whole other right. issue. But it's very funny. Like when I moved up to New England, like majority of the women were housewives. Majority of them. Yeah. And they well, were- there is nothing wrong with that. So I, I do want to say that like my I grew up with a stay-at-home mother, and like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know she's now going into teaching and stuff, but like I think if you choose that for yourself, that's great and it's super admirable. And I don't think there's any other career than being a mom. Um, but I also think like you should be able to choose that for yourself. You shouldn't be expected to do it. Yeah, and I think that's the difference is like if you choose to be a stay-at-home mom and kids are a nightmare, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine, (laughs) couldn't imagine being a stay-at-home mom. But it's the difference between that being your choice and how you want to do it, whether it be a sacrifice that you made or whatever, it was your choice and decision to stay at home and do that, then that is your expectation. That is your purpose in life. That is what you were supposed to do. Right. And there are men our age who think that is our expectation, our purpose in life, and what we are supposed to do. Right. And Which, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the issue. And I've interacted with people who think that before. And I'm like, oh, nope, don't care at all. It's a to continue this any further. <laughs> no, I think I think another funny thing though is you can see I can pick I can pick it out within the first two minutes of talking to you whether you think of me as your equal or not. 
I can tell within two minutes. And one, did you give me the girl handshake? I hate the girl handshake. That needs to go away. Eradicate oh, yeah. the women's handshake. It's stupid. Yeah. It is stupid. <laughs> stupid. Um, that's how I, that's one reason why I know is because that should be gone. And if the fact that you keep that up, it's crazy. But it's also just like, it kind of kills the whole, it kills everything. Whether it's somebody you're trying to date or somebody you're trying to work for or someone you just want to be their friend, like you can tell by treatment. And it's sometimes it's not negative treatment. Sometimes it's catering a little bit too much to me being a woman. you don't have to open every door for me I I can pick up something that falls like if if my hair is looking a mess oh do you need to go get ready like no I look ugly today like this is what (laughs) I look like yeah I mean okay there's a difference though and I think that's what's hard to also try to explain is like there's a difference between like chivalry and like dating and like being nice and you know doing nice things if you're interested in a person and stuff like that and like manslating gaslighting like those sorts of things like you can tell me I look beautiful or compliment like if I did make a meal like appreciate that like you know stuff like that but you don't have to say like oh, you can't do this certain thing because you are a girl. Or, oh, you're, sub- like, where's my sandwich today? Like, that sort of stuff is different. Yeah, or also attributing something to being, like, girly. Oh, I won't do that. That's too girly. Oh, I, you know, like, I, isn't that a little too masculine? Because you see people, you see people do that all the time to other women. They want to do something, and they're like, is that a little too masculine for you? No. Yeah. If she wants to flip folders, she can flip folders. Like, what's it matter? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, what's the next thing on the list? I did women in the workforce, but I think we covered a lot of that. I mean, I yeah. I have always been around very strong women in the workforce. I think the last office I worked in, she wore an RBG shirt every Friday. Heck yeah. And so, and the one before that was like, I was a Manhattan DA and I rode the subway pregnant in August. No one can talk to me. No one can talk <laughs> That to would me. be the worst. <laughs> you know, so I had that. And then I, all the bosses, like their bosses, yes, I've worked for predominantly, they're all men, but they've also always been extremely supportive of women and believe and oddly enough every man that I've worked for their women their wives were the breadwinners of the family which is <laughs> they're the breadwinners of the family so the last one he was like my wife, wife works at home and she makes the money I, I'm a captain man and I've, I'm trying to think back I've I've worked for uh like women like in who were partners at firms um, but I also have worked for like men and stuff and I've, I haven't, except for that one person, I haven't really had any like bad experiences. Um, thankfully, uh, I do think though that there have been times where 
uh, I walk into a courtroom and someone maybe like talks a little bit different to me because I am like a woman and a man or, you know, those sorts of things. Um, I do think though that uh, where, oh, here's an example. When you go to like a county clerk or something like that to get a filing done and it's like an older man and they like call you honey and like sweetheart and like talk to you. Like, that was actually, that doing. was actually an HR issue in one of my, <laughs> in my last place. They were like, yeah. um, let me know if they call you honey. Like, okay. Yeah, because it's such a thing and like it's endearing sometimes when it's like your grandparent or something but like when I think I'm assumed most of the time to be like a paralegal which also nothing wrong with that but or a intern or whatever which I was in these moments but like nobody assumes that I'm the lawyer and I think I've really noticed that a lot as well I um, have had that happen I have had that happen to me once yes where someone assumed I was the lawyer and then I was like am I supposed to be back here and they're like you're not his attorney I was like no and they were yeah. like oh you need to get out of here then I'm like I don't know where I am yeah <laughs> I've had that happen but a lot of the times I've been mistaken as a stenographer before yeah um which is a super hard job these jobs are like great jobs but it's just like why is why am I not being assumed to be the attorney you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like that's just it's something to know um I also think though that a lot of women in the workforce don't necessarily uh negotiate their salary and their like uh position because they feel as though like they're being hired by you know, a group of men most likely in these kinds of jobs that like, just they be can. thankful and yeah, take- be thankful. Um, I don't. Why not? Why not take these? Like, who says you can't? You know. Well, there's also on the opposite of people not thinking you're good enough or that you aren't the attorney. Have you ever had the experience where you feel like you have to work ten thousand times harder <laughs> because yeah. they? Ex- that's more from you to because they're like she's a woman she'll prove she's supposed to be here no I totally agree with that I agree with that I've noticed like um there have been a couple of jobs I've had where I've had other um like men who are also interns with me and some of them have like they're good friends and stuff like that but I would just notice not that anyone necessarily did this on purpose but it's just kind of like the way things would work it's like I would get more work or the harder work, um, the stuff that required more research or the memos to be written versus like the filings and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, like I, my first, I was once one of the interns, like I said, my first one, we had two in the same division. He was assigned to one attorney. I was assigned to 11 yeah, and I had to work for all 11 and the attorney general himself in the criminal division and the civil division because people, but the thing was one time someone came to my office and they were like, I want you to do it because you'll get it done. Yeah. And they were like, they won't get it done. So I want you to do it because you'll get it done. But it's like, you should expect him to do his job, not me to pick up his job. I agree with that. I agree with that. I shouldn't I be know. breaking my back. 
to do all the ladies listening them I mean it freaking sucks and I hope that you have like a girlfriend you can talk to and talk about how much it sucks <laughs> because that's like the truth you know there's no like elegant way to put it but if you're a man listening and you have a woman who works with you or and you notice she's just like doing a good job like freaking tell her be like hey I noticed that like you kick ass at this job and you know sometimes that would be really nice for you because it it's does, a little bit harder it does help like I said I had a very supportive group of men at that place and they were very encouraging yeah. they were very encouraging yeah. one of them what felt so vulnerable one day he cried and he was like I need you to help me fix my life he was <laughs> falling at his desk and I was like we'll get it together we'll get it together hey. Sometimes you have mental breakdowns, no matter your sex. And we so. got gelato later to make him feel better. <laughs> but you, you, yeah, I think, like, at in the workplace, the hardest part for women is not only being pigeonholed in those stereotypes, but then when you're not in the stereotype, when you are in a male-dominated area or job, the pressure to do more to stand out, to like stay ahead of the game because you're like, there's a mediocre white man waiting to take my spot. <laughs> Very true. And he'll get Very paid true. more for doing it, which <laughs> we need to get into yep. steps. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I also just wanted to touch while we're on the subject of like women in the workplace. I don't think we need to go into like a deep discussion about that, but like sexual harassment and stuff is definitely a thing. It's a thing for men as well. Like that mm-hmm. can definitely happen to them. Um, I think that's really hard because it's, it's you're working a job. Your job provides for your livelihood, like in the roof that's over your head. And so if a man is or a woman or whatever is sexually harassing you, and you don't want to say anything because what if you lose your livelihood you know or it's a traumatic thing to go through to like whether it's just like words or actual physical touching or you know whatever like you don't know what to do like someone who has power over you is basically like making you feel like unsafe in a place where you should and so it's tough but like speak up if you can or you feel like you should because like I think there's so many women right now who are um going through all these kinds of things and like there's a lot of people out there who can help you too they can help you through it um okay next next marriage and babies girl marriage and babies where we're from if you could hear the twang that we are ancient, old grandmas at this point because we are not married, nor do we have a child. So, okay, I live in New York, and in New York, it's so different. Like, New York City, people can be 35 years old and still, like, dating, and that's so normal. Like, no one even thinks about getting married until their mid-30s here. Um, which is insane because in the South, it's so different. And my friends who like even are from the Midwest and stuff, like I have a friend who's married, who is my age and she lives here in New York. 
and all of our friends are always like that's so crazy that you're married and to me and it's not weird because a lot of my friends are getting married and being from the south like it's completely normal um but there is this huge pressure because half of my world uh in the south and stuff is like why aren't you married like why aren't you in a committed relationship like where's your baby what do you mean like I have classmates from high school who have been divorced and have multiple children with multiple husbands, like, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And so while all of that is great, I also have this other side of my life that's like, what do you mean you should be like casually dating? Like you're only 25. That's so young. So it's like your thing. I, I agree with that. I think it's I think it's a little, becoming a little bit more normalized to see the people who aren't married as much. What I've experienced where we're from is they want a woman a woman that they quote unquote like take care of, mm-hmm. and like I am not that like I I I can take care of myself <laughs> perfectly fine. And so, like, while it would be nice to have a partner to do these things in life with, I don't need one. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to look at it, is I don't need one. And it's also, like like you said, take care of. I have strong feelings about someone even opening a car door for me to get out. I don't like that. That rushes me. I don't like it when you pull a chair out for me and then scoot me forward. That's so embarrassing. Because, <laughs> like, what if you can't scoot me forward? Like, I... <laughs> I hate it. So it's like, I hate it. Okay. I think like if I'm dating someone and they try to make certain like little gestures, I just think maybe that's like kind of nice every once in a while. That's chivalry and that works. That's specific though. Like pulling your chair out and and I would die. I'm a woman who has that kind of opinion. You think I want it taken care of? Absolutely not. Right, right. Yeah. If I don't even like it, you open my car door because that makes me feel rushed. Or if right. you are not strong enough to push my chair forward because I don't weigh 60 pounds, then guess what? We will have some problems. Oh my god, I would literally die. So You've never had that happen to forward. you? You've never had that happen to you? And they can't oh, embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> you gotta scoot. With them, so they went to cheer and I hate it. I hate it. Women and men in the South kill that trend right now. Kill it. Well, I hate that so much. Like, don't ever scoot me in. <laughs> you can maybe pull the chair out, but once mm-hmm. I go to sit in there, you better walk away. Yeah, go get in your chair. <laughs> you know, I hate it. Ew, I hate that. It's embarrassing, but no, I mean, I think that's that's really a thing. And I remember when I was going to. Um, college in the south we call it the MRS degree I don't know if that's a thing yeah. everywhere else is that a thing everywhere else the MRS degree I don't know but I I'm very aware of what that is you know what that means it just means you're going to college to find a husband that's the right. whole point for this and every time I would go to the, the optometrist every day have you found Mr. Wright yet yep you getting married soon every time yep. I come home you get married? You gonna be married soon? Yeah. And the funny thing is, the people, those people's children rushed into getting married to people. As soon as they graduated from high school, they got married. 
as soon as they were in undergrad and like in college, they found the first guy and they married them. And is their life PG? I don't know. I don't talk to them, but I'm assuming <laughs> there probably some. There might be some issues there. But my mom never, and I think it has a lot to do with your upbringing too. Like marriage was never a focal point of life. Maybe because my, I might have grown up in a house full of scorned women. You know, <laughs> my grandmother was divorced. My mom never got married. But my mom's focal point was always my education. I was the first person in my family to graduate from high school. So now, you know, I've gone on to do all these things, which is awesome. But that was the focal point. That's always been the focal point. Even now, my mom's not like marriage. She's like, are you studying? You should be studying because I pay money for this and you need to to be studying. Because it's education first, men and babies second and third. Yeah. that's kind of my where I get my mindset from too is my mom so my mom didn't uh finish college she's back in college right now proud of her um but she didn't finish college she married my dad um and my dad's always been like the breadwinner right and she worked before I was born like uh in secretarial roles but then when I was born she was stay-at-home mom and she's been a stay-at-home mom my entire life my brother's entire life um and she would would always tell me from a very, very young age, like her wish for me was just that I'd never depended on a man. Because she would always tell me like, I couldn't, if not that she wanted to, but she's like, I couldn't leave your dad because I can't take care of myself because I don't have any like educational background that could make enough money to take care of you and your brother the way that I would want to. And no, so- I mean, I think that's fair. I think it's scary. Yeah. I know people who are oh, it's so scary. And, and so they- she, yeah, she always pushed me to like be educated enough to be able to take care of myself. And it, her whole thing used to be she really wanted me to be a doctor and went like, wow, mom, you have a child who was going to either be a doctor or a lawyer. You can't really go wrong. But. <laughs> She wanted me to be a doctor, and so when I didn't, she was a little upset about that for a couple of years. But um, she did. I would like, say your brother was feeling that role almost. Yeah, my brother's feeling that role. But it was like, she was like, you always have a career in medicine. Like, you always have money. You always be able to support yourself. I've shown her I will be able to support myself in the legal field, too. But lawsuits you know. for days. Lawsuits for days. But still, like, and I think that's where mine came from, which was just like, I've always had in my mind, like, I need to reach a certain point where I'm just, like, able to do everything by myself without having to rely on literally anyone else. Well, I think generally, like, that's just a scary, that's also something I never want to have to rely on another person. My mom said she remembers once when I was, like, 15, I was, like, my mom was like, would you ever be a stay-at-home mom? I was like, um, I think I'd work for a while and then maybe take some time off. You know, after I got some savings, and my mom was like, some savings? I was like, yeah, in case I wanted to leave. <laughs> she was like, okay. I was like, I'm not going to be at home with nothing. Like, I have to ask them to give me money. I have to ask them to give me the check. They pay all the bills. Because in some relationships, that 
if I, which I don't think is a good relationship and an example to set is sometimes that's hung over your head of being like, I'm the breadwinner. I do all this. And so it, it was very, very much put in, I guess, both of our heads. That's like, you need to be independent and be able to support yourself because you never want to get stuck in that situation where you can't leave because someone's got it hung over your head. But I, I mean, I also think that's another thing when it comes to just like marriage in general is like some people, this may be controversial. Some oh, yeah. people put marriage so high up on the pedestal and happiness so low on the pedestal that they would rather stay miserable married than be alone and happy. Yeah. And I'm not saying that marriages don't ebb and flow, because they do. There are times where I've known people who have been married for 20 20 plus years, and they are like, there was two years where I hated my husband, hated him, couldn't look him in the face, and now wouldn't trade him for the world. And that's fine. But there are people who are like, I've, I've never been happy, never. Thought it was a mistake when we got married, thought it was a mistake when this happened, thought it was a mistake when that happened. And they're like, I just can't be a woman who got divorced. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a shame thing, mm-hmm. like in a lot of places, like where we're from specifically. Like, if you get divorced, people are like, they like, well, if you're a woman divorced, how dare you? If you're a man divorced, it's your second life. You're starting over again. Right, right, which is so unfair. Um, I don't know. I also just think like there's a lot of pressure to have children um Mm -hmm. as a woman and don't get me wrong I want kids like I think I've talked about this on another podcast too I have always like a lot of people who probably listen to this have heard me say this like I have always felt that I'm supposed to be a mother like I just feel that way I I think I want to raise kids and have them in the world and I don't know I just always felt like that but I don't necessarily have to be a wife to do that. Like, I can have kids without a husband. And while I would like one, and that sounds nice, and I would like to be, like, in love and, like, do all these things, I can also, like, adopt a kid and give them a life because I've carved out this place in the world where I can support a child. And I'm not ready to do that right now. <laughs> but in a couple of years, like, that's something I would heavily consider. Like, if I, if I, there isn't someone that I want to marry, but I'm, you know, in my mid-30s and, and ready to have a kid, like, I would do it on my own. Yeah. And I think another pressure, and then maybe because, well, another pressure for women to have babies is that it's timed out. You can't have a baby forever. Men can have right. children forever. Women cannot have children forever. Biology. Like my body clock. My yeah. literal biological clock runs out. <laughs> and so if you want that experience, then I mean, I guess you're timed out, but not really. I mean, you don't have to be married to have a baby. But I think one thing that's very unfair is like you kind of you get penalized if you don't do things traditionally. Like no, if you exactly. want to have, if you want to have a baby, whether you're married or not, and you can't do it naturally, that's costing. Babies are free. Do you understand? 
like I'm gonna if you met a man saying that your you know female health was peak and you had sex with him that baby was free I mean regardless of whatever it cost the uber ride for him to get there that baby's free people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for the slim chance to have one and people in the south and people people everywhere not even the south people everywhere think a baby is a dime a dozen it's super easy to have a baby it's really hard to have a baby it's a slim chance you'll have a baby if you have one you're lucky if you have one and you get to see it to grow up that's a huge thing like death rate is still really high in birth so it's think about it because we had an argument once in my family law class where this guy kind of got he decided to play devil's advocate which was stupid um he thought that you could like contract a woman's uterus oh god that someone asked they were like I think the professor asked me and she was like if someone wanted you to have their baby would you do it and they had no other option but it was you and I was like I'd have to think about it and the guy was like, why wouldn't you say yes? And I was like, I would have to carry a baby. I would have to take time off work. I would have to go through all the birth. I would have to do all this stuff. And also, there's no guarantee that I would give them the baby. So it's also like looking somebody in the face and being like, I'm sorry. You spent all this money, but I can't give you anything. Yeah. And so I think that people put such a pressure on it. Like it's this easy, easy thing to do. Like having a baby is just like putting a quarter in the slot and you get a gumball at the end. Like, no, it's really hard to have a baby. And it's, I think a little too expected and people maybe don't talk about it enough because there are a lot of women that I know that may never get to have children. Oh, for sure. And it's and it's no no fault of their own. They you know they can't. It's not like they chose that way. But it's not fair to like make it an expectation that that's what you're supposed to do, and then ignore the fact that it's not easy to do it. It's for some people it can never be done. They feel ashamed because for some people, for some women, they're like that. That's the only thing that differentiates us is that we can have a child and they can't do that. Yeah. I don't know why I'm going off on this tangent, but I feel very passionate about this. Very passionate about this. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with everything you said. Um, I also think it's okay to not want to have kids. Like I have a couple friends in my life and stuff who are just like, nope, I don't want to have kids. I want to do my thing, like, I'll maybe get married or something one day, but I don't want kids, and, like, that's okay, too, like, we should be able to make these choices about what we do with our bodies, or what we do with, if you can't have a kid, if you want to adopt a kid, like, we should be able to have these choices about what we do with our lives, and having a child and raising a child is a major commitment in life, and so, like, for me, I want to, and that's, like, my choice, and I don't know about having an actual baby like we'll see we'll see like if I do meet someone and fall in love like whatever but I know I want to adopt kids like whether it's 
with a husband or without a husband, like with natural babies mixed in, whatever. Like I have adopted kids in my family and not my immediate family, but my extended family. And I think that that's like really special. And I would love to do that for a child in the world. So that's great for me, but it might not be great for one of my good friends, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's also very fair of like people not wanting to have kids. I've heard many people have the reason of they just don't feel like they'd be nurturing enough. Some people mm-hmm. think the world is a horrible, awful place and they don't want to bring yeah. human life into it. And though I do agree that the world is kind of, ugh, I'm like, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I still would want to have a kid. Like even, even if yeah. the world was literally on fire. Because it's like, there are moments in my life that I thought were so awesome and amazing. And they're not, it's nothing. Like taking a baby, like to go into the beach is whatever. But when you're like six, you're like, holy shit, that's the ocean. Right, you know? yeah. And it's so, yeah, you're like, yeah. And that's so cool. And being able to like have life experiences, meet friends, go to these amazing places in the world live by myself live with people do you mm-hmm. know that's ending something I would like to have another person be able to do right yeah no, I agree like yeah. I want to give someone the opportunity to be something great and if I'm able to financially provide that opportunity I want to do it you know yeah I, but I mean but I think it's the expectation though. I just think like marriage and kids like it should be a choice it shouldn't be an obligation and that's like the issue in the world is like people think that just because of our gender we have to do those things and it's like no we have a life and we should be able to choose what we do with that life and marriage maybe our choices in that. no I agree I think it's it's also just like it's huge like a baby yeah. is a person. I know you probably, oh, you probably yeah. say it a billion times. A baby is a human being. It will grow up to be a human being. Yeah. Make sure that you want it and are willing to take care of it. You know, if you get married, you're legally connecting you and this other person. Marriage, you there are a lot of marriage definitely. is a tangled web. But family make, law is no joke. It's ugly. Um, but make sure it's something you want to do. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't last forever. There are people who get married for, are married for 50 years. And there are people who are married for a year. As long as it's genuinely something you want to do and you genuinely care about that person, girl, go off. But it's the, I have to marry them. I'm 23. I'm not married. And I'm 23. Right. I'm going to marry them. Like that, that's where. This, I, um, this doesn't really have anything to do with the episode or like women empowerment but i'm curious since we're talking about uh marriage and family law how do you feel about prenups um see that is also something i'm like nah prenups are i think if you have a lot of assets and you want to keep your asset you want her to keep her stuff and you to keep your stuff i think it's smart um it does end up becoming kind of ugly though people are like I will 100% have a prenup. You no will. question. Oh, for sure. If I get married, hell yeah. My shit's mine. It's I think I'm just like, That's I it. think I'm hopeless. And I just think that I'm like, 
I want marry somebody that problematic. I don't think that it's problematic though. I, I didn't talk to like lawyer coming out and I was just like a conversation. I, for me, a prenup would literally just be a safeguard to make sure that like, if anything were to happen, like I not only would be okay, but they would also be okay. Like, and we would just like be good. And you can have joint assets too. Like, just because you have a prenup doesn't mean they don't have joint things. But I, I think. No, I think yeah. I don't think I would be against it. Like, if I had a lot of of things and I wanted to keep them, then I think whoever I was going to marry, we'd sit down at a table and we'd. Make, I think it's like, we would both make a prenup. We both sign. No, so I agree. You come to the terms and great. Now, I think there becomes a problem when people like one person is like sign this because it doesn't no, seem. I mean, yeah, but then to be honest. But then again, you're, you're like gonna be, you probably shouldn't be marrying that person or if they're doing that to you. Like, I want it to be like a mutual thing, obviously, but I also think like it's smart to do one because you're not saying, "Oh, I want to get divorced with you." Like, I know people who've been married for twenty years and had a prenup. But, like, it's one of those things that, like, you just make an agreement on essentially how you want your marriage to go um, mm-hmm. in regard to, like, your assets. <laughs> and, like, that's cool. Like, I don't know. I don't think, like, there's anything wrong with that if you can have, like, a mature conversation about it. And then, like, it just, like, keeps everybody, like, safe. I don't yeah. Know. So yeah, but how I feel about prenups. Um, anyway, that was and, random. Uh, I think I think they can be a good thing, but I like you said, and I like we expressed. Depending on how you do it, and depending, like, depending on how you do it. it, there can be a lot of issues when it comes to them, and like also like there's certain requirements that we don't have to get into when it comes to making prenup. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Make sure to get an attorney. Make sure to go yep. get an attorney when you do a prenup, but. It's um, yeah. yeah. Being a woman but, okay. is very interesting. I would say you've got a lot of combating forces. Not only is there now like a huge rise in women empowerment, specifically you know women of color, but you also have the old resurfacing itself I think in a way that's making it very difficult to be a modern woman with social media and all this health crazy fitness stuff but one step at a time one step at a time um yeah I think just as a woman like you know know your worth and what you're able to do is just as much as any man is able to do and just because you're emotional, that is not a bad thing. Find the power in emotions. I'm a true believer of that. And yeah, I think the last part of this episode that we wanted to do was shout out some women-owned businesses that everybody can support. Um, we have like local ones and stuff, obviously, that we like, but these are all particularly ones where you can like go on the internet and buy them since this is obviously a podcast and not everyone lives where we live. Um, so the first one I'll talk about is um, a jewelry company. It's called Majori, um, and that's spelled M-E-J-U-R-I. And it's like fine jewelry. I have a couple of pieces from them. Um, I think they're like really high quality and great stuff. So check them out if you're interested in 
any like earrings, rings, necklaces, bracelets, all that kind of stuff. It's all really cute. I guess mine are, mine are mostly like your big mainstream things that I guess oh. one of them I didn't know was a women's owned um, brand until I think I got an email for it for like women's month. Yeah. From like Soul Cycle or something. Um, Briogeo hair care. It's like huge on Sephora. Their scalp cleanser is great. Their shampoo and conditioner yep. are great. A little pricey, but not like crazy. Nothing insane. But it's really good hair care. It's a, a black-owned women's business. And then nice. there's um, Mighty Patch. Everybody's been using those. As- oh yeah, they're like the acne like little stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There is Absolutely. Beyond Yoga, which is like a huge yoga clothing brand. That's women's own. Honeypot, you can get Honeypot just about anywhere. Yeah, Honeypot is the natural um, feminine care product line. And so they do like natural washes, wipes, tampons, pads, lubricants, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they're really good. I actually have a couple of their products too. So and check then- them out. I had the mirror on here, but the mirror is now owned by Lululemon, which is not a woman-owned business, but the mirror was created by a woman. So yeah, shout out to women in tech. That's a tech thing. That's super cool. And then Courtney, this was when you brought my attention. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, this is called Black Girl Sunscreen, which is so cool. Um, It's owned... um, by Shantae Lundy and she's like a younger woman entrepreneur and she does sunscreen catered to melanin skin because it's I was watching these like beauty gurus you know on um, YouTube and everybody talks about that like white cast that you get from wearing sunscreen which you should wear sunscreen every single day if you didn't know men women everyone human beings should be wearing sunscreen every single day um and I had never really thought about it before, but it's so true. Like there certain brands of sunscreen need like this white cast on your face. And, you know, my friends of color and stuff, like that is so terrible for them. Like who would want like a white cast on their like beautiful, like brown or black or whatever color skin. Um, but also, you know, on myself too. Like I don't want this like white film on my skin either. So basically she came up with this company um it uses i'm going to read off um the description it says no parabens or other harmful chemicals while infusing the finest ingredients to shield and moisturize melanated skin without the dreaded white residue common with most sunscreens so i think also you know if you're a white skinned or lighter skinned person too like go support this company and like buy this sunscreen because I don't want the white cast either and why not but yeah go support go support your women whether it's calling your mom or cheering on your best friend at her next job thing or whatever it is she wants to do or going and buying something from one of these businesses all right well I think that's wrap on the episode we will see you next Wednesday